I'm Swazi and you're listening to Kiss Life. And for the last episode of the series, I'm celebrating Father's Day. I'm sat down with three generations of black men to explore the joys and the challenges of fatherhood. Enjoy. Supported by the Audio Content Fund. We are celebrating Father's Day. So I'm sat around the table with, I think, three generations of black men to tell me about the role of men, the responsibility, but also the best things about being a dad. So let me give you my special guests. I've actually got the godfather himself in the house. I've got Samuel joining us tonight. Hello, Samuel. Yeah, thank you and good evening. I need some of your bass. Oh, well, that's all right. Yeah. Next in line, I've got King joining with us tonight. Hello, sir. How are you? Yeah, good evening. This is Mr. King, D. King, you know, original. <laughs> yes, godfather. <laughs> Second generation down. And then one more. We've got Lloyd in the building. What are you telling me? I just landed. Hey. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a lot of good things and we're going to make it juicy. I can't wait for this episode. Also, Christian's in the house. Hello, Christian. Hello, good evening. I'm just here. I just want to enjoy the conversation. Nice. Okay, so for listeners locking in, I'm sat down with Grandad Samuel, whose son is King, whose son is Lloyd, and Lloyd and Christian are brothers. So to kick things off, I'm going to ask this. As my first question, what is the best thing about being a dad? Grandad Samuel, kick us off. Being a dad is something that you will have to live on for the rest of your life. I'm happy to be a dad. That's a, that's a matter of fact because I've, I've been given the gift to produce a child, but being a dad is one of, it's magic. And just a cheeky question then, what's your earliest memory or your fondest memory of King as a little boy? Now, like when I was a little boy and growing up way back in Sierra Leone, I never thought about being a dad. As a child, I never thought about it. But being a dad, that's the happiest thing you can be to have a child. To, I mean, that's the happiest thing, being a dad. That, that is my experience I'm talking about. But being a dad is responsibility. Yeah, resp- I'm sure this word responsibility is going to come up again and again tonight. Let me flip the question. What's your earliest memory of Samuel, your dad? Well, back in the days, you know, I left Africa back in the days of the age of 13. And my father left before me, so I never met him. But as a father, to be a father is a great thing in life and is the loveliest thing that I ever, in my heart, that I know. Fathers, there's a lot of love for fathers out there. Lloyd, let me jump to you. You've got two little boys yourself. And when those two boys were born, what was going through your head? First of all, when um, my first boys came along, I remember being in the hospital and the first thing the doctor said, do you want to listen to any music to motivate you? And I said, yeah, I go, burner boy, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, it just, it's just a blessing, you know what I mean? So because of that, I just felt at that moment, like it really gave me that kind of edge to feel good about like these boys are coming. Mm. So um, it, it didn't really work straight away. Like it, I couldn't register the moments. Like it just felt like I was Lloyd, normal day walking around. But then after a while I started to realize that like, yeah, these guys, they depend on me. So I realized this is my responsibility now. I mean, I'm I'm used to like my dad, like 
me going to him and say, Dad, could you get me a phone? Dad, could you get me boots? Dad, can you get me spikes? Now, I'm building something that I'm going to be in his position and then I'm actually going to be trying to have to produce for these boys. And now, like, my son is always like, Daddy, 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 I don't register it. I'm thinking, oh, who's this guy calling Daddy? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but now I'm starting to get it. And when I'm working and stuff, I realise that, like, I've got to put in a little bit extra. Some people say that I'm tight or some people say they're doing, but they don't see the vision that I have because of generational wealth and stuff. Mm. And obviously what my dad's left, I don't take for granted. I don't, he might have a house, he might have something to pass on to me, but I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at what I can build for like my, my two boys so far. And if any more come along. <laughs> um, so King, let me jump back to you as, um, Samuel's son as Lloyd's dad when you said that yeah you hadn't met your dad what was it like that first moment you did meet him what were your expectations what was that day like well it was excitement to know your dad that there's something in your life if somebody was explaining to you about your father mm. and you never met him before and you never see him so the the first thing that in your mind is what is this guy look like does it look like me or does it look like somebody else? So you, you're gagging to know who your father is. And I know that there's a lot of people out there right this present moment that don't know their fathers, but they would like to know their father. And what made you want to look for your dad? Was, it, was, it, was, some, was that inevitable? Was that always going to happen or did something spark that? Well, it's in your blood. Because what it is, the blood runs through the mother and the father. I know it's a father day, not to talk about the mother, but the mother is still important to talk about mm. <clears throat> because the mother is the producer and the dad is the giver. So at the end of the day, you have to talk about the mother still, but it's father day. So the righteousness is to talk about the father, but <laughs> indirectly, the mother is very important too. Mm. Yes. And, and Grandad Samuel, what was it like to meet King for the first time? When you're in, what was that experience like? Uh, like 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 what my son just said. Now, it is it is if, if you in life, as a father, if you know like this is something that it is divine. This is part of my life. <clears throat> then you are interested. You go look for your son. Like you know, and my my experience before when I I, I never met my son. You know, because I left home. I was quite a very young man when I left home at the age of 22, 23, when he was born. But then as a father, I, it, it doesn't happen with everybody. But me as a father, like he did say, mother producer, father the giver. I realize in my life that I have something to look out for, that I, I, uh, I have to go out there and look for my children and look for my son. So that was my first experience. When I left home, I was quite a young man. I didn't understand what fatherhood was. I was quite innocent. Mm. But, but then as I grew up, I realized that our, my responsibility in life was to take care of my children, my son, and look out for them. And I think that's never going to change, really, isn't it? Even looking at Lloyd's got two little ones, you know that that is going to be first and foremost. That's going to be really, really important to look after your kids. Um, 
it's just incredible to sit down and know that there's four generations of men in your family. Do you know what I mean? Like from Granddad Samuel to King to Lloyd to your two little ones. And Lloyd, when your when your sons are born or even now as they're growing and as as they're toddlers, what examples of your dad do you see in yourself? You're like, raw. Am I actually my dad? Like, have you had any of those moments yet? Yeah, certainly. Um, when I look at my dad, the way it is, there's a a bond that. Wherever I go, I always know that he's my dad. So, like, it doesn't matter if, like, obviously, like, my dad says, don't talk about the ladies today. Um, my mum could say anything in the world, but I always know that, like, I'd always go for my dad because there's something in me. It's like a, it's like an ick, like, that really makes me connect to my dad. And I see that in my son, my, my oldest son, Isaiah. Um, he really, like, has a connect. Like, his mum always says to me that, he, I don't know, he just keeps saying daddy, daddy, daddy. And like, I know that, I know that feeling personally, like there's been a time when I was like in year four and there was a lot of things going on and I really wanted to see my dad and my dad wasn't around, he didn't live in my household. So then the school basically said to my mum, oh, like this guy really needs to connect to his dad. He's, he's always talking about his dad. And my dad came down to the school and I felt like, wow, this is amazing. Like my dad's here. And then that just made me feel golden. Like, so it's like, I really knew that like, that that's what's inside me. Like, and I've always said that, that there's always a connection. Like a lot of people say that they don't need a dad, but you always need a dad. I mean, it's just something that people are trying to train to pretend that you don't need a dad, but there's always a feeling missing if you don't connect to your dad. Yeah. And I do see that in my children and it's passed down. Yeah, and, and within your circle, like within your your gang, is it common within your friendship circle for loads of your guy friends to have their dads about and present in their life? Not really, because I grew up um, with a lot of guys and it was a lot of mums doing the hard work, the hustle and bustle and... Um, even when I look out, not outside, outside of my friends and I did sports and I used to see a lot of like mothers are doing a lot, doing really a lot to try and do stuff. And obviously the, the dads sometimes are not seen and I possibly never ever saw some of the, my friends' dads. And But they would obviously tell me stories and obviously it makes a little bit more of like that they do need their dad. They'll pretend and stuff like, oh, we don't need a dad. Or like my mum's done this, mum's got this, but realistically we do need the father. Like I mean, it shows with the the kids that do have their dads there. They they have a little bit more to offer, mm. and um, just in that fact, I realised that when your dad's there, it gives you a little bit more because the dad can offer something that the mum can't. Yeah, and obviously you you need it. Like it's it'd be stupid for anyone to say they don't need it. Mm. Yeah. You're nodding, King. You agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a support. Because as he was growing up, there was a lot of things that was missing in his life. And at that time, um, it was a young guy. And he was legs. And he was in athletics and he was running. So he needed a lot of support. It was calling for my help. The help that, as a father, love, it make him a man. Because why? He was thinking a lot about his dad. Every kid needs a bond with their father. Because without no bond, you're nothing. I want to really tease that out. What does it mean to be a dad? And, and let me jump to the, 
the origins, the roots with yes, your dad. Yes, do you yes. know what I mean? Let me go all the way. Let me go four yeah. generations back. Go down back. the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me start at the top with Grandad Samuel. In Sierra Leone, what was the expectation culturally of what dads must do? What, how are dads seen right at the root of, of culture, but also at the beginning of your life? Well, I'll tell you. At that time, I never understand what a dad, I never understand what the responsibilities were. And uh, so I had my, my son and I love my child. At that time, as a young man, at the age of 22, 23, like I said, you just happen to see your, your son. And this is just a divine love that you have for your, for your child. But then all of a sudden, I disappeared out of the scene. <clears throat> but all along, I knew that I one day I will meet my son, and that's that's what I did. And if you ask me how I feel, words are inadequate. When I moved to England about 17 years ago from Sweden, the love I have when I when I happen to see my my can you imagine my great grand my, to have a great grandchild? Yeah, you would never have expected it. I never thought that, like the question you asked me, what was, what, what did you think when you left home Sierra Leone? I never thought about all this grandchild and uh, I was quite young. But today, let me tell you something. I'm a rich man. I have everything in my life. Wonderful. Was your dad in your life? Oh, yes. Did you learn, what did you learn about being a dad from your dad? Well... What I learned from Bila, it's the same as I, like me. Uh, it's like history repeats itself. <clears throat> when I was a little boy, in those days where men had all the powers, like Junior said, my father separated with my mom because I was, uh, my, my mother was married and having me from outside from the family because her husband left her. Uh, they separated. And I was an outside child. My mother was called Wilson and my dad King. <clears throat> so my, my dad wasn't around. But just like me, like I said, history goes around. My dad came around and gave me education. Mm. My dad came around. I never saw him until when I was the age of five. Yeah, because the scandal with the Christianity and everything you don't have. That, mi that means dads are special. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I never saw my dad until I was five years old because of like you, you as if you're a Christian, you're not married, you're not supposed to have children outside the marriage. But yeah, but when I saw my dad, believe it or leave it, my dad was my dad and I love him until the day he died. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I would really love to unpick that with you because I'm sure there's people listening tonight who are fathers, who may not see their kids as regularly or, or at all. Um, and then there's men of whatever age who are thinking, I don't know my dad and I really want to go and find him or meet him for the first time. And I'm nervous about that. So given that you guys have got both experiences, you've got the experience of not knowing your dad from... The, the jump and then going off to, to find them. And then you've got dad saying, yeah, I remember that day when you came. So for the listeners, for that, okay, let's go with the son first who's thinking, should I reach out to my dad or not? Um, what would you say, Lloyd, for that young man? Would you encourage them to do that? Or would you say that's the responsibility of their dad to reach out to them first? It's a mismatch because um, some people are influenced. So obviously... Um, with a son, obviously the mother, you take the mother's word and 
what's been said by the mother. But um, in the long run, it's better for you to find out what is really the situation. So it's not good for you to just go on with what you've heard. Mm. It's better for you to go out and look for that. If you think your dad's like a whatless dad and he's not interested in you, then obviously go and find out that he's a whatless dad. If he's obviously um, a dad that's like on the fence, he's like, oh, because obviously we all put emotions. Like I've been, I'm in that situation now. Like I'm not with my first um, son's mum's. It was a difficult situation. And obviously I tried to make it work for my son. So obviously in that situation, I think to myself, whatever she could throw at me or anything that's going wrong, like, obviously help her as well because she's doing a tremendous job, but also be there for my son, like not let my own emotions get to me just because of what she's done or what I've done regardless and just make it work for him. But it's not good, I would say, as a son just to believe and just give up because obviously it's your future. I mean, mum and dad are not going to live the same lifespan as you are. So eventually those two are going to disappear and obviously drop off and you'll be on your own. So it's better for you to know. Like, it's for example, if I didn't know my grandpa, Samuel, I would go to Sweden to go and find him. If my dad said to me he had a feud with him or they weren't getting on, then I would say, screw my dad. Let me go and find my grandpa. Because at the end of the day, that's our tree. That's where we stem from. So it's not about like, if I see my dad, I'm going to see my dad, but I would want to know where do I originate from? Mm. Where have I got all these characteristics and attributes and how I behave, how I walk? It's, it's like, I like traveling. I don't like staying still. My grandpa is a musician. He's everything. He's an entertainer. He's a DJ. He's a radio man. He's lived in Sweden. He speaks 14 or 16 languages. What is it? 16? <laughs> just a couple, just a few. Yeah, he says that, yeah, but there's that more. Yeah, that humility is coming through. But at the end of the day, like, he offers a lot. Like, if like, I could go to my dad, I'd say to my dad, what do you speak? My dad might say he speaks Patois and British slang, Creole, English, Cockney. <laughs> but, like, but like, my granddad actually speaks things that like a man can make money off because he's so fluent. If I didn't know him, I wouldn't know that. And this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're not involved with your father, you may be losing out on loads of stuff. Like, because at the end of the day, we have two halves. One half is your mum, one's your, your dad. If you let it go and you think, oh, I'm just going to believe in your mum, it's not good enough. There's like a whole family, a whole tradition. It could be, because remember, like we're, we're, we're in England, we're split. Like a lot of people are mixing. So it's not like where you may be back home and everyone's Trinidad or everyone's from Pakistan or Nigeria, Ghana, and it's just straight. We're, we're halves now, so we're mixing. So it's better for you to try and find out for yourself. And if you realize that like things are good, then it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But let you that know. be you that knows that, not what people are telling you or what your mum says or what your dad says. Go and find out. Mm. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And looking at your brother as well, Christian, I just want to jump to you. In school, 
do you think you've got quite a unique family or do you see loads of people having a similar family dynamic to you? Yeah, um, I do have some friends that are like, have, like, kind of similar to me. Mm-hmm. So it's not strange? No, to... no, it's not strange because I've been to my friend's house and he, his house is like, like calm and like, like the dad's in the house, you know, but they're not always in the house. Mm. No, it's just interesting, isn't it? Because media would love to tell you black men are always absent. They're not good dads. They're not here. So what you're saying in your experience sometimes doesn't match what we see on on the gram or what. Or, so when you're trying to reconcile the two, are you like what I'm living and what I'm seeing are completely opposite? Yeah, I, I do think of, I do think that, and um, yeah, the way I live is perfect. Like I've got a dad here, my my granddad here, my brother here. Yeah, I just I just have to like spend time with them uh, while while I while I can possibly can. Like. And with all three of you sitting around, or four, but three dads sitting around the table, would you say that there are additional pressures to being a black dad in the UK? Lloyd, you're you're nodding, so jump in. What what other pressures are upon you simply because you're a black man and have two kids? Typical. That's what I'd say. Number one word, like straight off. A lot of um, dads are missing, like my dad said. And um, with a lot of crime, like absent dads, it shows that they might even go on statistics to show you that like in the black community that we're missing something of fatherhood, not even just in this country, because I've lived in America, I've stayed in America. And obviously they also say that, that it's always a joke, oh, where's your dad? For example, when Marcus Rashford was... Um, doing this free school meals even the MP mocked him and said shouldn't you be looking for your dad which is not a good saying for someone in a high place but that shows you that what country we live in that they know the statistics show that we are a minority a very small minority but an MP with a high status can actually say that where is your father he's done everything as a little boy, he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a long way to go in his career. But an MP that's gone all the way, that's in his 40s, 50s, is saying to him, where is your father? So then he's saying, that's typical. That's what he's saying. I've seen a lot of dads that are not there. People obviously have kids for certain reasons as well. Some argue that it could even be just to have a council house. Yeah? It could be that it's the benefits However, whatever the reasons is they do have those children for, hopefully it is for the good. If it's not, then that's not a good thing because obviously these kids are blessings. These kids are people. These people are going to be something in our society. These are people that we are going to depend on in the near side future. If it is that and obviously you're having your child for a certain reason, change that now. Now that that child's come, change it. Make sure that child can progress and be something in this future. If you're a dad and you're not out there doing your responsibilities, make sure that you can actually listen to what we're saying right now and make a difference. Don't wait for somebody to tell you. That you need love. Yeah. Go out and do something Every for your child. Every kid needs love in this life. Of course. Is there a pressure to be so more present because society says that you're absent? Is that yeah. the pressure you're saying? I would definitely say that because we've got social media. I'm in that era now where social media is a big thing. 
if, for example, let me talk about a rapper like Crept. Crept is also showing his daughter every time on the social media. Everyone's in love with his daughter. Everyone's saying his daughter is so cute. I give it a prop. I'm not going to diss, you know what I mean? But at the same time, how many daughters, how many sons have we got out there that are on that level? Probably cuter than his daughter. And I will say that. But we're not going to push that. Why? Because he's in a high place. He's in a very high place. So with all the followers, he is now an example because if he posts something, we're all going to look at him and say, oh, his daughter is amazing. He's an amazing father. I was just going to go back to your point because I don't know their relationship in it. I don't know what their dynamic is, but I never thought that people posting their kids is a way of proving I'm present. I didn't even think about that being a motive. But I'll tell you this. When I got with my partner... She said to me, why do you not post your son? And the reason why I don't post my son is because he, I haven't got his permission mm. to post him on social media. When my dad grew up, I look at a picture. I've got a picture on my phone. Of my dad holding him on my first birthday. And he's like, I showed him that. I don't even know if he remembers it. He probably will say he does remember it. But he, I don't think he does. <laughs> but I showed, him, him, the po- I showed him the um, the actual... The hard copy. But you see where the love's coming from, (laughs) innit? Yeah. (laughs) But for me, that made me proud. Mm. I don't know if it makes him proud because I I don't know his feelings. I don't know his feelings, but I'm guessing it does. You don't need to know. Yeah. Because you you, you don't reach my age yet. Yeah, so So I won't know. I won't know, like... Yeah. Because obviously I'm not there yet. But where I grew up, whatever false information someone wants to tell me, I will be saying to myself or telling my children, look, that's your granddad holding me at one. Yeah. However, a lot of people post their children on social media to show people that they're doing a good job or they've done this. I've known fathers as well that they've never done nothing, but they'll post a picture. Oh, look, eh, I'm in Selfridges. I'm in Arids. Or I took him here. I'm took him there. But at the same time, I don't post, but some people might say, oh, you haven't done nothing to a child. My, my baby... My mum might actually say to me, oh, do you know what? You don't do ish, but deep down she knows I do. But do you know what? I'll tell you what's the main thing is. The golden thing is, is that I'm actually able to say to my son, go through my library and my actual photo and say, look, look what we've done here. Look what we've done there. Look what we've done this this video. Because we actually have receipts now. My dad, if my mum tell me, dad didn't do nothing for you one of my mum's friends says, oh, your dad wasn't there. He didn't do this. Guess what? I can believe them. But in my day and age now, with all my um, receipts, my emails or whatever I've bought, I can say, yeah, you think that I haven't done nothing for you? I'll go, here's my proof. Mm. Put my two old school phones on the table, whatever phone it be that time. And I'll say, there you go, son. There you go, Zai. There you go, Elijah. A child need both parents. A child needs a mother and a father. But being an African, we have what we call connectocracy. Connectocracy is whereby when, when uh, it's, it's relations, relatives are coming to, to, to a relationship. Once you, as a, as a father, it's me and my, my wife or my partner but then again, having said that, 
because of our cultural background, we have all these connections. My cousin involving in my relationship, my sister involving in, in my relationship, maybe, you know, getting into our, our private life. Mm. You understand? So with, are you saying that fatherhood in your, when you became a dad, was much more communal? You didn't have the pressure of making yourself look present because you knew that you were present, but your family was also yeah. raising your children. It's, it's mostly families, the relatives. Mm. When, when, as a black man, the black race, it, it's good and bad. It's nice, like, like we say, as a black man, everybody loves your child, your neighbor, your aunts, and everybody. But then again, that sometimes when it comes, when they, when they what I call rock of ages, when, when they get involved, they get too close to, and they advise the mother. And then your mother would, t- then as a boy, if your father is not around, I'll tell you what they do. They assassinate his character. Mm. They assassinate the character of your dad, whereby if it was a, a relationship, it is a relationship between a, our, a mother and a father, they should solve the problem. Right. But there are a lot of times being an African whereby relatives come around involved in everything and in every, if you have a misunderstanding, what they do is, is what, should I, what should I call it? It's the, the glory of one depends upon the ruin of another. Mm, wow, yeah. And, and coming to the two youngest generations, I've got Christian and Lloyd here. If you have got men who are present in your life, particularly your dad and your granddad, what other influences, or are they enough that have influenced you to become the man you are today? First of all, because my dad was around, I knew my grandpa was always in Sweden. He wasn't that long, and I knew that he would always come. I realised that through the sports I was doing, because my dad channeled sports through my cousin, older cousin, which made him a successful football player. My dad said to me, you will be a successful athlete because it runs in our DNA. I always knew that I wouldn't follow what I saw my friends following. My friends were following the streets. Mm. Yeah. My friends were following, which, I don't want to be political, but Labour were making loads of youth clubs in my days, which they said helped. But I was going training five days a week. So obviously I used to feel a bit sick. I was like, oh, do you know what? Why can't I hang out? There's girls over there. Let me get rid of girls. Let me be with my friends. But I realised that what my dad would say is, as a push, he's like, do you know what, son? If you keep doing this, the girls will come. He keeps saying, if you do this, the money will come. He said to me, you keep doing this, everyone will know who you are. So I kept going in my athletics and we started going around the country, innit, dad? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We started going around the country. We went Sheffield. We went Birmingham, yeah. we went Manchester. We were yeah. ra- I was racing, my dad was there. Yeah. So because I see my dad making the effort, it makes me want to make the effort. Yeah. I start thinking to myself, I can't lose this race. Not because I'm like for myself, I think my dad's out here. Yeah. My mum called my dad to say, your son's doing very well. Yeah. So she, she said like, oh, I do athletics, this and that. My dad wanted me to play football. I wasn't a football player at that time. He knew I had the skills to play football, yeah, but true. <laughs> I was doing athletics. And then my dad see me become Nobody one of the top... Refused, yeah. but yes. So my dad see me become one of the top guys in the country. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, son, he came and watched the boys do the top, like in the country. He said, them man are doing this. They're running this time. They're doing this. You need to be with them. Mm-hmm. 
So I tell him that, right, this guy want to take me on. He says, yeah, go for it. So then I start listening to my dad because now there's a man. As a black guy, my dad's telling me, as much as this may seem racist, yeah, but it's the truth. My dad's telling me that as a black man, you've got to work twice as hard as the white guy or the other guy because we're not respected in the same way. So then I start realising that I can't listen to the man that some boy over the road's making a little bit of money, telling me, oh, yeah, we can look after you. And I'm seeing my friends on the verge of going to prison, my friends on the verge of getting arrested, my friends getting chased by the police. So I listen to my dad because my dad's proven something. He's made my cousin Colton become a professional footballer for Chelsea. When I was in primary school, everyone's talking about him. That motivation is strong. That motivation makes me want, I want to be on newspapers. I want to be people walking around and say, oh, you're Lloyd King. That's what I want. The same way my cousin, even up to now, he's like, oh, I'm Cotton Cole. I'm saying I'm Lloyd King. So I want to be that guy. So obviously from there, it's coming from a man that's proven another child that it's not, it's not his, yes. but it's his nephew. So for me, I'm like, yeah, do you know what? I want to be just like my older cousin. Mm. So from that motivation from my dad telling me he's come from the, the 80s, telling me that he's getting chased by white guys. Or he tried to become a footballer, which I do feel I have to fulfill because he could have been in the position of my cousin, but he didn't have the backing. At the time. Not yeah. because that my granddad's not a good father, because my granddad wasn't around for a specific reason. But if maybe his dad was there, he maybe might have been that guy. But it's the circumstances. I'm fortunate to have my dad here. So I think, how can I fail if my dad's here? That's a great like note of inspiration there. You know what I mean? Like Not only yeah. is it inspiring, but you've inspired resilience, endurance, perseverance to keep on, of course. keep on going forward. And for yourself, Christian, who's listening to your older brother, but sitting alongside your, your dad, your granddad, hearing all this chat about being a dad, do you one day look forward to being a father? Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from their example, what, <laughs> what, what do you think it's going to look like for you? Because you've got their examples, but the day you become a dad, what do you think that's going to look like for you? I think it's going to look like the same thing as L Lloyd's um, situation. I don't know, really. But <laughs> <laughs> because when your granddad was saying, I never at your age thought about being a dad... At your age now, are you thinking about having kids one day? Is that even something hope that? <laughs> see, but you see that like hope not, but that was you. Yeah. Do you yeah, know but, what I mean? But he, you see what it is. Is I've made I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. Well, I now just see, it. just see now as yeah. a father that we're talking about Father's Day. Yeah. Now he's tried to be a father to his brother. Wow. Yeah. But you're here. I'm here. <laughs> then now the son of mine now he's trying to be a father to his brother so could you imagine that that's a great thing just to show you how father important in a child's life yeah but you see this is what people misunderstand is that sometimes yeah you ha do have people that are not dads but they may be an older brother or uncle or maybe just a friend that can pass on some valid information to a younger person especially the black kid mm. that maybe missing his father. Well, 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 I would like to come in when it comes to that, yeah. 
that is respect. In a, where I grew up, it doesn't matter. Uh, your senior brother can be can can be the the what, like a father. Yeah. Because uh, respect is the basis of all coexistence. Mm. <clears throat> and I just yeah. want to ask you on that note. Do you find that that clashes with the British values? You're here in the UK. The UK doesn't run like that. The British value system doesn't run where your older brother can take on the role of your dad. It's very cultural. What should I say? With that has not been existing. It's never been existing in the United Kingdom because my culture in Africa, where I come from, is uh, if even you are three, four years older than me, I respect you. And I will always respect our elders. It doesn't matter if it, your father or not. If your elder brother is there, he's a dad. Mm. He's, he, he's a dad. He, he, you always listen to your, to your elders, so to speak. That's the respect in, in, our, in our culture. Culture. In our culture. If you're a father, you're a father to your sister's children. Yes. You're a father to your brother's children. Yes. Because that respect has always been there before, you know, I'm Time talking about. Time immemorial. Yeah. Before, because what it is, as, as we're growing up as Africans. Yeah. Before the in, colonial in, values. Well, the colonial values, as we know, as, as fathers. Yeah. You know, that they never bring that to us. So does that transcend to you now? Your boy has a kid. Do you feel responsible to look after your, your man, them child? See what they've gone through, yeah? Like, I respect what they've gone through, but at the same time, things have changed now. Yeah, so it's like, yes, yes, yes. my son's born in the UK, he's going to grow up in the UK. I've grew up in the UK. But at the same time, my son may turn around to me and tell me, look, that's not my values. And obviously from there, he may have a twist and a change. So what I've been passed on from my African roots may not be passed on to him. With many children as well, like not just talking about myself, that many other kids may be mixed. So it could possibly be a lot of us now are like what you call third generation. It's third generation, in it? Where you oh, actually fourth, born fourth, in. Fifth. Fourth generation, where yeah, fourth. now you're used to these UK values. If you're used to these UK values, that means now you're following like, it's certain stuff like me, I'll go to somewhere and I'll say, hello, uncle, hello, auntie. You know that? And I don't even know who the hell you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time... <laughs> it's the respect Yeah, it's through. a respect. Yeah. Like... I, as I was coming here today, lady was there like, excuse me, I said, sorry, grandma. Mm. But at the same time, that's just natural for me because this is what my dad's taught me, probably what my grandpa's taught my dad. And it's just a chain. Yeah. So on that topic of Father's Day then, and granted, I'd love to know, oh my gosh, if, if values change along the way and along the generations, how you feel. But given the dads around the table right now, and granddad starting with you, what is one thing as a dad you would like to change? Oh, <laughs> there are not many things we would like to change. It's, it's, <laughs> what I would love to do is uh, you can't change a human being. It is impossible. You give them direction to change a human being. I would like to, if you would ask me what I would love to change, is that we love our children as, as a dad. But I would like to change, I would like, like, like uh, Lloyd said, that's the generation gap. This is the generation gap. I would love, I wouldn't like to change anything. I would just like to give to them to her our direction. That's the only thing. To, for them to have a direction that they don't go to prison, they don't, they don't, they don't go astray. Mm. 
Yeah. It's nothing I would love to change. I would love my, I would love my grandson to be him. But just the direction. Mm, that's really key. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Thank you, granddad. Yeah. One generation down, going to King next. As a dad, what is one thing you'd like to change? For all the kids, you should have love. And the love to know about your father. And the love to know about yourself. And on that note of love, how often do all of you say to one another, I love you? Hmm. I don't recall any time my dad saying that or really? my grandpa. No, I don't say love to my sons. Ah. What I, neither my ah. neither my dad. There's no <laughs> saying about love. Let me, get, let, let, let me get it. Yeah. What, it what? Let me, let me what it is. What it is. Let me land. Hold on a minute. Let me land. Hold on a minute. What it is. Wait, let me land. There is, no, there is no saying about love. Let me land. There's an understanding about love. No, but let me land. Inside the, inside the culture. Yeah, well, let, let, no, 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 let, let, yes. let me land. Let me yeah, land. Yeah, let me yeah, land. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. You see, this is one thing I struggled with my partner at the time, yeah, when I had my, just before I had my sons. She used to say to me, Oh, you don't show love, you don't show this, yeah. And this is typical, I think, in a lot of black homes. Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. We don't actually say, I love you. I like, love and, you. And, I, and I don't mean to be rude to any of our listeners no, that are no. white or Caucasian or Asian or whatever um, ethnicity you may be. But speaking from a black household that many will relate to me is that it's not really common. Like a lot of my friends have actually said to me, like my mom's never said I love you, or my dad's never said I love you. It's like if they even said our oh, mom I love you, it's like oh go away, because we're I don't know if it's slavery. We've actually we've actually got to the stage where we've been thick skin. We've had racism. We've had everything that we can actually get to the stage where we're strong enough to just. Must it like it? The love is there. But wouldn't that go the opposite way? Wouldn't that be even more of a reason to say I love you? No. Why? Yeah, well, I can come in for that because, uh, as I like he said when I was growing up, you seldomly see your mom kissing your mom, your your dad kissing your mom in, uh, in public, <clears throat> like they do in the Western world. You don't see your mom, your dad, and mom having it go and you know it's always secretive. It's very secretive. Even the love, I'll tell you what, the love from a black man is divine. This love between the black, <laughs> the black man and the wife, but I swear, if you touch the wife, he's going to take a gun and shoot you, you know. <laughs> Wait there. You see, one thing I'll say, yeah? Let me come in. I remember, yeah, when I was younger, yeah, I used to have assemblies. Like, and my grandma, as African parent, yeah, well, grandparent, my grandma used to say to me, if I don't read the lines right, she'll cuss me, she'll buy me a Twix if I read them right. When I did well and I read my lines right in the assembly for whatever the play was or whatever it is, my grandma come and give me a big kiss, leave the, you know, the red lipstick yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. I, my grandma was strict. So I used to say to myself, what the hell she done that for? <laughs> That's what I actually used to think. What the hell you done that for? And then she give me the Twix. <laughs> You know, I used to think, so this strict lady loves me. Mm. But you see, the difference is, is that I see my um, peers, that Italian, Spanish, all these kind of backgrounds. Their mum, regardless if they couldn't even sp say the words right, they would actually just say, oh, you did well, Freddie. Oh, well done. 
But guess what? Me, I think to myself, my grandma must be Lulu. She's kissing me on the cheek. That's when I start to realise the toughness is love. Yeah. And be. that's what, in the black community, it is. It's like, they toughen you up to then show you that you're strong and we do love you, but we're teaching a different way because we're not from this land. Do you tell Lloyd you love him? No. Why not? There's no need. <laughs> like I said, why don't you tell me that you love me? Yeah, yeah. Why? Now, the reason why I'm saying that, that I don't need to tell him that, that I love him, because every day from when he was born, there was a bond. Would you like your dad to tell you that he loves you? Yeah, when I was younger, I needed it. Like, it's no question of a doubt. It's, I wouldn't understand him not telling me you love me because we all go to school. We all see dads that are coming in to pick their children up and... Obviously, I don't see mine, not because it's his fault, but because the separation of the parents makes it harder. But that then obviously might make me stronger. But in this day and age with my son, like living with all their mental health, I wouldn't want, like, they're a little bit less than what we are because a lot of kids were used to it in my days, but now maybe they're not. And like, maybe not hearing I love you might, kill them off do you know what I mean do you tell your boys you love them yeah like yesterday I was speaking to like a family friend he went in and started speaking to me normal conversation he goes love you I love you I thought it was weird yeah but at the end of the day like I get it because I, if I passed away today like at least he told me that do you know what I mean like at least he could say to people I told him I loved him dude it's not just this figure of speech so it is important but obviously they're from a generation where like my dad came here when white men were chasing him with sticks and bats or whatever trying to hit him because of the colour of his skin but like for me I just about saw it but now it's changed like if I speak to Christian Christian could never relate to what I've seen or what my dad's seen yeah yeah so last note from you then as a dad to two beautiful boys I'm sure what would be the one thing you would change? Well, I can't change because there's no manual for me to say how to be a dad. But one thing I will do is I'll guarantee them that I will be there for them. As much as circumstances can be against me or put me on the back foot, I would definitely try and do as much as I can to support my boys. And if obviously a girl comes around the same way, I'd also support her. And I also open my door to them for anything and give them something that I didn't have. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone will, out there will want to do, but give them an extra platform to reach that, that they don't have to do certain stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really love what you said about there not being a manual. You know, there's yeah, no way. There's no manual that tells you. Like, when, I, when somebody said to me, oh, how does it feel to be a father? I said, normal. And given that it's Father's Day, I thought I'd do something different and end on a note to let you guys tell each other how much you love one another. Is there something that you'd love to say to each other around the table about what you love about one another or, yeah, something that you just really... You're, you're asking me the question, me I, grandfather? Yeah, I'm asking you going first, granddad. What do you love about your sons and your grandsons? If I win the lottery today of 10 million, I will give it away to charity. <clears throat> as long as I have them around me. So where does that put us? 
King, what about yourself? What do you love about your dad, your kids? What do you love? What do you love about them? Well, me, one thing I love—they're all my kids. That's how I see them. They're all my kids, no matter what it is. And I would always, I would always love them as a father. It's not only these two guys, but I've got another two. Mm. So I'm not running away being a father. And I got another three, which is my sisters. And they're so dear, dearest to my heart. So being a father, I'm a father to all of them. You two, what's the thing that you love most about your brother, about your dad, your granddad, Lloyd, Christian? Um, I love very, everything about my, my family. Like, like, no matter what, I just love them. I, just, I, just, I love granddad's humor. His humor is hilarious. I, I love dad. I, I just love dad in general. And, and Lloyd is just brotherly love. Like, yeah. I just love him more. <laughs> just to give Lloyd the final word then, what do you love about your dad, your brother, your granddad? I've got to say, yeah, that it all stems from the head. The fact that I know my, who my granddad is makes me happy that he's then obviously creating my dad. For my dad to see what he's done for me. Then obviously he's made siblings also for me. He's met, obviously, he comes from his own siblings as well. That makes cousins for me. So then that makes a family for me. Then now I've gone off and done my little um, adventures. So then obviously now I've got my own boys. Which obviously makes me like happy that I've got my own boys. So if I've got my own boys now, I've started something special. So that means that if I was to die today, they carry on. My king family, my king name lives on. Guess what? My granddad is happy because you know what? He's got boys. Yes, so then yes, he man. goes on and on and on. Yes. Which obviously makes it extra better. Like So obviously like in my short term now, I feel like, I'm not going to say that I'm on their level because obviously they've done so much, so much. We're going to do part two after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to the King family, to Grandad Samuel, to Christian, to Lloyd, to King yourself, thank you so much for letting me come to your home. Thank you so much for letting me celebrate Father's Day with you. It's been such a joy just to hear everyone's perspective. And of course, this is a conversation that's going to keep on going on. You're listening to Kiss Life with me, Swazi. I cannot wait to see what's next. Take care. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Another incredible episode for Kiss Life. I'm Swazi, and that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the last episode of the series, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe for more.